It works now. Man, so glad you guys are here. Tell the person next to you, Happy Easter. You probably already said that five times to them because you were with them when you walked in the door, but that's okay. If it's someone new, tell them Happy Easter. You can uh, say hi. Hi, my name is John or Sarah or whatever your name is. Do a quick intro. And uh, we're, we're glad you guys joined us today at Hill City Church. Uh, we're glad you guys came. You guys could have gone to any other church this morning, any other place to celebrate Easter. So we're glad you came here. And uh, so we're honored to have you. And I'll give you, Sue, uh, some instructions in the, in the next segment here. But uh, we have a good service today. Uh, we're going to enter into a song of worship right now. And then we're going to move into an awesome message from our senior pastor, Pastor John O. And uh, we like him around here. We keep him around, right? No, I'm just kidding. He's awesome. And then we're going to have a really special closing today. So uh, just to get, have you guys excited for that. And uh, we're just happy you're here. So uh, we do have communion set up in the back of the sanctuary here. We have a table back there with the sacraments or the bread and the wine to represent Christ's body breaking and his blood that he shed for us. So if you want to during this third song here, um, if you want to go back um, and, and self-serve, uh, there are some guys back there that will help you. But if you, if you feel compelled or want to go do that and uh, take communion on this Easter Sunday, we encourage you guys to do that. You can also do it later in service as well. Um, but just enter into worship this last song and uh, as we celebrate God. God. Amen. 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 Who is glad that we serve a risen Savior today? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship with everything that we have today. Leave it all behind. Our God is alive. He is not dead. He is alive. Let's worship like He is alive. Amen. Come on. Sing to Jesus. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my yes, church, that's it. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is. Come on, let's sing it out. You are good. You are good, good. Oh, you are good, good. Oh, come on, tell him today. Cause you are good, good. Oh, you are good, good. King of my heart. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Thank you. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. Come on. He's the ransom for my life. And oh, he is my Sing it out today. Sing, you are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, yes, you are good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh. The king of my heart. 
today, God. We thank you for this church, that we get to stand up and walk into a church and worship you today, God. It's Easter Sunday, and we celebrate your life. And God, we, we just pray, we just pull that with us throughout the rest of the service, God, that you came and you had a plan for us, God, and we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody give God a hand. Come on. Amen. And you guys may be seated. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. Man, you guys sound good. Love it. There's plenty of seats up here on the left. Um, well, my left, your right. So if there's folks who are looking for seats, there's in the front row. Anybody front rowers? Anybody like go to college at first day of class? You go to the front row? Anybody? No? No? Okay. One guy. And you're in the back. It, makes, it doesn't make any sense, but, but that's okay. Thanks, Jason. So if you're a newcomer, welcome. I just want to talk a little bit about Hill City Church, why we exist, what we do here. Um, we do have these awesome welcome cards with a lion on them. So um, if, you would, uh, if you are new, uh, we'd ask you to fill out one of these cards. And if you fill out one, we would love to give you a gift, just acknowledging and thanking you for being here today. Like I said, you could have gone anywhere. Uh, you get something cool like a Hill City mug. Say ooh, ooh, say ah. And we have some, some t-shirts. Basically, I think small and medium, so uh, I won't be getting one of those today, but that's okay. Uh, we have some other things back there, though, so if you, uh, if you have any questions in general, we're here to, here to um, you know, answer your questions and be with you. So there's a welcome center out there, and a little bit about Hill City Church. We've been here about a year and a half. Uh, it's going on two years, actually, and uh, before that, we were known as Thrive Church North, and uh, we exist uh, really to be authentic people trying to impact our culture. Um, we're not here just to build a building and be part of a church and come in and do those. Those things are beautiful things, but we really want to make an impact on this city. And we love the city of Thornton. We're here for a reason. We believe God has called us to this place. And we impact this place. We also impact locally, um, of course, locally in Denver and then even, even uh, across the globe in other countries. So um, we have programs from all the way from little kids, those little kids that, uh, that are so easy when they're young. Amen. All the way to, uh, so we have that, and then we have a Hill City Kids, which my wife leads, uh, is called Hill City Kids. We're real original with our names. We have uh, Benchmark, which is for junior high, and they're all back there. Give them a hand. And also Push, which is basically junior high through high school. And then after that, we got nothing. No, I'm just kidding. For the adults, we have small groups, and we have all sorts of other serving opportunities. We partner with a place called Urban Outreach uh, down in Denver, and uh, it's really a place for, uh, um, that we serve and help homeless and other people that are in need. Uh, so there's all sorts of things that we do here, and we're, we just love what we get to do. And at the end of the day, we just come together. We say, man, we just believe, truly believe that this is family. 
And uh, it's easy to go to a, a uh, this is not to criticize big church at all, but sometimes it's how easy it is to go into a church and just walk out, right, and not really feel connected. And so it's really, really important today. John, our, our senior pastor, John O, right down here, he challenged us. You know, we do the things we do to, uh, to do a presentation. We're doing all this, but it's also that we can connect with you and ultimately that you can connect with God. And that's why we exist. Amen? All right. Guys, you can come forward for giving. We continue in our worship with uh, giving of of our of our um, our money, our treasure. If you're new here and this is not your church, please don't feel like you have to give. I'm not going to hold you back from giving, but uh, don't feel like you need to give. You're our guest today, and we just welcome you, and uh, we're glad to have you. Say bold moves. We have a sign in this place called Bold Moves. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, one of the one of our girls, Lisa, on stat, uh, she helps out in the cafe. She's, I said, she said, so I'm just going to call you, Lisa. Sorry. She, I said. Go put it by the bold move sign. And she goes, what bold move sign? And she walks in. She's like, oh, that bold move sign. Yeah. To be fair, we just put it up last week. So uh, we'll give her some grace. But this is, uh, you know, you can have a mission statement that's really long. You know, everyone likes those mission statements that are like five sentences long. But we, for 2018, this is really, we, we really simplified it into bold moves. And we were joking. It would have been funny to have a really small sign say bold moves on it. So we have a really bold sign that says bold moves and the righteous are as bold as a lion. And we believe we serve a bold God and that he has a bold plan for our life. And uh, just to demonstrate this a little bit, little story, I got to do some rock climbing this weekend. Uh, when I say rock climbing, it was on a 15-foot wall and there was a pool below me, so it was very low risk. And uh, it's not all those things you think of with rock climbing where, like, actual people... Anybody like rock climbing in here? Anybody actually know how to do it? Because mine was at, like, a hot spring pool. I don't know if that counts. But it was a 15-foot wall, and there was... I was... We were... We were me and my son were going to do it, and there was a section, and there was an eight-year-old eight year girl behind me that had already done it, like, three times. And I was like, well, certainly I can do this, right? So I asked her. I cheated. I was like, how do you get up there? <laughs> Because it looked hard. People were just collapsing constantly. And she said, there's this one rock to the left that you can't see that you have to leap for. And, and so, and you couldn't see it. When, you know when you're under the wall, it's like, oh, they all look the same to me. So I'm reaching my hand and trying to find it. She goes, no, higher, higher. I'm like, okay. So I, I get up there and I'm hanging on to the wall. And I, and I, and I was like, okay, I, just, I think it's up there. But the only way to get to the rock was to make a leap. You couldn't just kind of inch your way up there. Um, so I had to literally leap all two inches of my vertical <laughs> and get up there and I grabbed it and boom, I caught the rock and you couldn't see it, but up above it was like a little cusp and I could clamp my hand on and I got it. And then I was able to traverse the rest of the way up the wall. And I was like, got you eight year old girl. I win. No, <laughs> she already beat me in her face, but I got all the way up there. And the, the coolest thing to my son, uh, he said, I could share this. He tried it 10 times and he could not get it. And he's like, Dad, I just need to grow taller. I was like, right now, you're going to grow taller. Right now. No, it's not going to happen. But I just love that he persevered, and he was so bummed. I was like, man, I don't care. You kept trying. You kept leaping, right? You kept, and every time he jumped, he'd fall in the water. Jump, fall in the water. He tied, it was, it was kind of getting old. I was like, all right, Everett, let's just move on. But he just kept trying. I love that. The point is bold move. That sometimes in our life, we kind of want to inch our way, you know, kind of like crawl our way up. Like, is this okay? Uh, I won't do it. But the only way to get up that wall, the only way to, to get over maybe some of the situations you're facing or some of the goals you have in your life or what you feel God has in your life is to make that bold move, right? To leap. And if you fall, you fall. You get back up and you try it again. So as Hill City Church this year, we believe God has a bold plan for us, individual, or sorry, as corporately as a church and a bold plan for your life. Amen? Amen? Say bold moves. Bold moves. That's what we're about here. I'm going to pray and we're going to leave it over to Pastor John. I'm going to pray for our offering. 
and we'll go from there. God, thank you for this morning. We believe we serve a real God. We don't serve a fake, false, dead God. That this morning you had a plan for our lives, and part of that plan was sending your, G- your son Jesus over 2,000 years ago. And not only did he sacrifice his, his body and his blood was shed, God, but that he rose from, the dead, so, so, rose from the dead so that we may be alive today, God. And I pray for this offering. I pray for the people that are in this building that decided to come here today, that we worship you. And right now we center our hearts and our minds on the word of God that we may listen to Pastor John and get something out of this, God. And I pray that we're changed today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for your giving. Good morning. Happy Easter. Oh, man. Say, say it like you mean it. Happy Easter. That's right. That's right. Welcome to Hill City. My name is John, and I am just uh, very, very grateful that you are here sharing your Easter with us. And if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, if you can go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. All right. If you're not used to that, we celebrate the word of God. We believe it reveals Jesus and Jesus changes our lives. So you're going to cheer with us. Please go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. All right. That was the same people. (laughs) Thank you, three people. Thank you, mom. (laughs) Thanks, mom. You did great. But we're reading from Colossians 1 and uh, today's message is titled, There is Hope. Can you repeat that after me? There is hope. There is hope. We're singing songs of hope, and we're believing in hope. No matter who you are, where you are today, and what you're facing, because all of us, if you live life long enough, we will face hardship in life. That is just honest truth. So no matter where you are today or the past you're trying to overcome and erase, I want to tell you today boldly that there is hope. In, in In the book of Colossians, the apostle Paul is speaking to the church of Colossae, and, and, and he speaks, and he's speaking about the resurrection of Jesus. Of course, that's what we're speaking about. It's Easter, right? So I'm going to read you Colossians 1, 25 to 27. And uh, just uh, if you can follow along behind me or in your apps or in your Bibles, all right? It says, I have become its servant. And he's talking about the gospel message. By the commission God has pre- uh, gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. He's giving him a full word. This, he's giving you the full story. That's what Paul's saying here. That Jesus in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection connects the Old Testament to the New Testament. He answers the prophets that there was three over 300 prophecies about Jesus all over the Bible. And he answers those prophecies. He reveals eternity and purpose in our hearts. I really believe that somewhere in us, we believe in eternity. That's why when we face death, it hurts so bad because it should not be. Have you ever felt and gone through someone dying in your life who was too young or even if they're older, there's something in us that says, oh, it it doesn't feel quite right because there's eternity. God has placed eternity in all the hearts of people. All of us believe that there's, oh, there should be more and he's also given us purpose when we're just living life to live life there's something in us that oh there's something wrong there's something there has to be more and Jesus tells us there absolutely is and that was the great reveal of the resurrection to God from God to all creation verse 26 the mystery that's the resurrection of Jesus that has been kept secret from ages and generations but now is disclosed to you 
the Lord's people. And I'm disclosing this mystery to you. And some of us today, it will, God will open up our hearts and he will disclose his mystery. And it's something will come alive in you. And verse 27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, the rest of the world, not just the Jews, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love this line. Christ in you. What is the mystery of God? What, where is the power of God? It's not just Christ in this moment in history. It's Christ in you. Christ in me. We carry the presence of God wherever we go. We believe that we are on mission with Jesus together. And that's what I want to talk to you because it all starts on Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, the fulfillment of justice, and the greater Passover. I'm going to pray and we're going to run right into this. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you for everyone in here, Lord God. I pray that they would pray, open up my heart today, God. If you want to speak to me, if you're real, God, open up my heart and move something in me, Lord God. Move, break down all the hard pieces, Lord God. Grind down all the edges, Lord God, and reveal Jesus today, that mystery that you're talking about, that John's talking about today, and change my life, bring transformation today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. That's what Christians say after a prayer, amen. So everyone said, Amen, amen. I know I'm speaking to a mixed group of people. Some of you, you guys are all, you guys believe me. You're like, oh, I believe John. Some of you guys are like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Some of you are like, oh, my hot girlfriend brought me here, so I'm here. All right, it's Easter. We're celebrating. We're eating barbecue after this. It's going to be awesome, right? It's going to be epic. But my hope is that this Easter message today, that God would speak to your soul like my prayer, that there's a, a resurrection that begins to start in your life, begins to question death, and begins to question purpose, and be, brings on hope for you and me. There's so much I could talk about. When I was thinking about writing this message, I was thinking about all the history. And it, I, here, I'll go off a little bit here. In, it, 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 when I'm talking about the Easter message, I have to go to the time of the Roman Empire, because the Roman Empire was when this took place, right? How did the Roman Empire, which was a dominant empire that believed in many gods, 300 years later, believed that there was one God and the emperor proclaimed Jesus as Lord, which was the slave's religion. 300 years, that's all it took. Today, if I, I should have brought it, do you know that there was a cross in the Colosseum? Can you imagine if you were early Christians and you were, you were hiding out in, in underground churches and, and someone told you one day, John, there's going to be a cross in the Colosseum. You'd be like, get out of here, shut up right? I'm hiding here. Don't talk too loud, right? If someone would have told you that there would be a cross in the Colosseum, you'd be like, you're absolutely out of your mind. It's never going to happen. I was in Rome about two years ago in January. There's a cross in the middle of the Colosseum. It is the main event there. In the very place that represented death and everything that Jesus wasn't, Jesus' resurrection changed everything changing Rome itself it's crazy to think about it I, I just think about that you do you know why you know about the Roman Empire instead of the Korean dynasties and like anyone would know Korean dynasties right maybe me and Q high five right so so some of us we would know about Korean dynasties but you wouldn't but the only reason we would know is because Jesus put a spotlight into all of history into that moment, splitting time in half from B.C. before Christ to A.D., the year of our, uh, the year of our Lord. 
he split history that common people and common fishermen experienced such a radical message that they took it from all the way to Europe down to India, to the, to the depths of India, that you could read documents about Thomas, the guy who didn't believe Jesus when he came back. He was in India proclaiming Jesus as Lord, and he died as a martyr to do it. It's crazy. These people didn't even go eight miles out of their town. If you think of all of Jesus' ministry, it's not very far. Then these guys take it thousands of miles away. This is a crazy moment in time. And I can go macro, macro, get bigger and bigger. But I want to go micro view of, because it's personal. The message of Jesus is not only macro, it's micro, it's personal. And I want to tell you about a story of an individual. His name is Peter. He, he was, and how the resurrection changed Peter's life. And it, it, right there, I, I found that picture from the Passion of the Christ. Right? That's a cool pic. That, that's kind of funny. It's not funny. Sorry. But that's Peter. Or it, maybe it looked like him. Right? And he was an ext- extremely normal dude. He was a fisherman. The normal dude, if when looking at him at face value, you'd be like, all right, that's cool. He's, I guess he's Peter. He's a normal dude like you and me. Right? And, and I'm sorry if I, I called you normal. Like your mom and dad, they would never call you normal. They would be like, you were, Andrew, you were so normal. I love you. No, they're like, you are so different. You are so incredible. You're so smart. I get it. But we're not built like LeBron James, all right? We're not smart like Elon Musk, right? We, 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 we live in Thornton. We're, we, we could be pretty normal. We drive a Prius, right? So, uh, so uh, compared to many people, maybe you don't drive a Prius. I, always, I wish I had a Prius, right? Or an electric vehicle. I want one one day, right? But Peter was a fisherman in a no-name town to a no-name family, and he was extremely emotional. Any extremely emotional people here, right? Some of you, yeah, you're like me right here, right? Peter was emotional, and when Peter, when he failed, he failed big, When he made a mess, it was a big mess. But when Peter believed, he believed big. Peter was known for making big mistakes and bold moves. That was Peter's life. And and some of us, we can relate. When we look in our life, we're like, oh, man, I make some emotional moves. Well, you're just like Peter. You're just like Peter, right? And that's who Peter was. And in, in the book of Luke, chapter 22, tells us the night before Jesus was arrested and was going to be crucified, right? He brings everything close to him, everyone close to him. If you know you're going to die, you bring the people that you love closest to yourself, and you just want to hug on them, love on them, talk to them, and that's what's going on. And and he brings Peter really close, and that night the disciples, they they don't know what's going on, even though Jesus kept on telling them, hey, hey guys, I'm not going to be with you any longer. Like, uh, I'm going to be crucified. And they're like, okay, Jesus. They thought he was only speaking metaphorically, right? Because sometimes he did. He told stories and parables. But these guys, they are missing the moment. They're even arguing. Have you ever, like, missed a moment and you're just arguing about dumb stuff, like, in the worst times? Right? I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, you know why we're so human? Like, it's crazy how many crazy things go on during weddings and funerals when it's not your moment. Have you ever seen, like, being a pastor, I've seen bridesmaids, like, think the day is about them and they get all upset. And I'm like, shut. Uh, yeah, it upsets me. Or moms that think it's all about them and, and the mom gets mad or the, uh, you might be the aunt. The auntie thinks it's about her wedding. Like, no, I don't want that. I'm like, well, the bride wanted that. No, please change that. I'm like, I, 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 I don't even know what to say, right? They're so bold, right? And, and, and people think sometimes we can get so aloof that in the moment that was totally not about us, we think it's about us. 
Have you ever been to a funeral where there's a fight breaking out at a funeral? You're like, how did a fight break out at a funeral, right? But it happens very, very often because so many times in life, in the wrong moments, we start thinking the life is about us when we were missing the moment at hand. And this is what was going on. These disciples, they're arguing to one another, talking about who's the most devoted to Jesus. He's like, I'm way more devoted to Jesus than you. I'm going to be one of the best disciples. I'm going to be the greatest teacher. And I'm going to be so devoted to Jesus. I'm so ride and die with Jesus. Like, you can't stop me. I'm so devoted, right? Luke 22 says this. And Jesus responds to the group. And this is what he says in verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon. Say that with me. Simon, Simon. This is very important. Say that one more time. Simon, Simon. I know you're like, what, what are you talking about? You t- told, made me say Simon, Simon so many times, right? But Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to shift all of you as wheat. Sift all of you as wheat to break you. Satan is coming after you. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And I love this part. This is my favorite part. But when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus is saying to Peter, you're going to fail me. You're going to fail me, Peter. I know you're talking loud about how good you are and how great you are, but you're going to reject me. But when you make your comeback, strengthen your brothers because I'm not done with you. When you make your comeback. Verse 33, then Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death, right? He, he takes it up another level. He's like, oh, you want to go there? I'm going to take it up to here, right? This is like arguing with your wife, right? No, I'm just kidding. It's not like that. Not my wife, someone else's wife, right? But verse 30, he says, Lord, you, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die with you. I'm taking it up a level. And Jesus answers him, I tell you, Peter, say, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And this verse, we've, some of you guys have read this verse so many times. But did you see the name change in that one sentence from Simon to Peter? From Simon to Peter. Jesus starts out with Simon, which is his real name, which means shifty, right? And he ends his name and calls him Peter, which means the rock. And this is before Dwayne Johnson, all right? Calls him the rock, right? Jesus is reminding Simon that he's Peter. He's reminding Simon that he's Peter. Yes, you will fail me, Simon, but one day you will be my Peter. You will be my rock, he's saying. And others will run to you. And the truth is, is many of our stories is full of Simon's story, right? Many of our stories sound like Peter. We have wrong turns. I don't know if you've ever faced a wrong turn or you've had a great failure or you have had unmet expectations. But Jesus looks at your life and looks at mine and sees the person that we could be. I'm telling you, Jesus, when he looks at your life today, no matter how you view yourself, no matter how good you might think of yourself or how down you might think of yourself, he looks at your life and he, and he, he, and he, and he could see what that you could be. In the eyes of Jesus, it's never too late to be who you might have been. In the eyes of Jesus, it's never too late to be who you might have been. Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts and his calling of God can never be withdrawn. That, what, what Paul is saying is if God has a calling or a gift on your life, the gift that's innate in you will never be taken from you. 
You will carry it till you perish. You'll, you'll carry it till you die. It'll never be taken from you because you know what? Jesus believes in you. I want you to tell your neighbor, I don't care. Just tell Jesus believes in you. Just tell your neighbor, Jesus believes in you. Oh, say it, say it like you mean it. Jesus believes in you more than you do. It's crazy that Jesus believes in you more than you believe in him. It's a crazy thought. Because put yourself in Peter's shoes that night as Jesus was arrested and tried and placed on a cross. Peter was looking at Jesus at the cross and just think about how his heart was broken and his mind was racing. It was not supposed to go down this way. It was not anything at all that was supposed to happen. Have you ever said that about your life? Have you ever said that about a moment of your life? You, you say to yourself, it was not supposed to be this way. It was not supposed to go down this way. My story was not supposed to look like this. And you can feel it internally. And that's what was going on with Peter. When, and when he, how is Jesus ever going to mend the broken? How is Jesus going to restore all things? How is Jesus going to do anything he's going to do when everything seems so broken? And the answer is, the resurrection, the resurrection, the comeback. I love it. I love comebacks, right? I love the underdog. I always vote for the underdog. I voted for Loyola to win. I was wrong, but they lost. But I, I always vote for the underdog, even in March Madness. Every Super Bowl, I vote for the underdog. I do, even for the Broncos as a 49ers fan because they're horrible. The 49ers are horrible. But I represent the Broncos now, guys. And, and no one in Denver has accepted me yet. They boo me. Every time I wear a Broncos shirt or wear a beanie, they boo me. Like, they won't accept me to their tribe. Thanks a lot, guys. I know what it feels to be announced. Thanks a lot, Isaac. Yeah, he, he shakes his head at me. That's right. But Jesus made a comeback. There's a comeback coming when he rose from the dead after the resurrection. The resurrection changed everything. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. See, there was a day 50 days after the crucifixion called the day of Pentecost. And empowered by the resurrection and empowered by the Holy Spirit, Peter believed Jesus that night and he began to speak with boldness it was a perfect moment to back down but Peter stepped up Peter made a bold move and he stepped up leading 3,000 people to come to faith in Jesus starting a movement that is still alive today called the church the church was started by, a, by just a ragtag fisherman who stepped up to the call of God that was on his life. He actually believed Jesus, and that changed everything. The church is still alive and well today, and you are, you are a part of it. You are a part of what Peter has done in Christ. And I want to tell you, it's crazy. He became the rock instead of the shifted, right? The sifted. He became the rock. And I want to tell you today, Jesus believes in you. Jesus believes in you. I don't know what you believe about yourself. And it's so funny in life, no matter how like good we look on the outside, no matter how much stuff we got, no matter how we feel like we're together, in one moment we can so come apart. We can, right? It, it's crazy to find out who's coming apart or the things in life that fall apart, marriages that are falling apart. Have you ever like, how? How? Have you ever looked at someone's life and said, how? 
I thought that person's life was perfect. They had everything lined up. They had all the money that they wanted or they had, they were full of life. They were so full of purpose. They had so many goals. And you're like, how did that happen? Because all of us, we are not very confident at the end of the day in ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we're overconfident because we're not confident. It's funny that we do that, right? We're either underconfident or overconfident, which means we're not confident. There we go. That's a win for us, right? But I want to tell you that Jesus believes in you. And your story might look messy. Your story might look boring. But it's not the end of your story. It's not. It's not over. Your dreams are not done. There are so many Peters in this room today. Peter's stories are going on in this room. And you have no idea what God would want to do with your life if we would just place ourselves in trust in him. There are stories of life change that has not happened yet. There are stories of world change that has not happened yet. There are stories of communal change that you actually did step in and you changed Thornton. Now one day I would read your name in your story of God purpose change because the resurrection changes everything there's hope for you there's hope for your marriage there's hope for your life there's hope for the things that you think never can change I hate it when we say that that can never change I used to say that about myself all the time I can never change that situation will never change but you know as I, as you live life and the longer you live man and the more you trust Jesus things begin to change he moves you from Simon to Peter. Romans 5, it says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were jacked up, while we were messed up, while we did not love Jesus, Christ died for us. Christ didn't come for the better version of you. He didn't die on the cross for the good version of you, the one that has it together. He died for you right here, right now, with all our messes, with all our crazy thoughts, with all our addiction to pornography, with all the things that we can't feel like we can't control. He died for that person. He died for the Simons to become Peters, right? And Jesus today allows me and you to partake in the victory that he won on the cross. We are the resurrection you are making a comeback. See, just like Peter's story, I have a story too. I believe Peter's story is my story. I am Peter. Because honestly, I stand before you frail and broken, put together by the hands of God. I, I would not stand here before you if God did not move in my life. I know what it means to grow up in an abusive home. I don't know, some of you guys, if there's this many people in this room. I would say a quarter of us, a third of us have grown up in an abusive home. We know what it means to be physically, mentally, sexually abused. We've, there's people in this room that have gone through hell and back, and some people feel like they can never come back, but I'm telling you, there's a comeback. I know what it means to grow up in an abusive home where you don't even want to come home right? You try to stay outside and try to stay as late as you can so you don't need to face anything. And you guys can play. And I know what it means to grow up in poverty. I was telling the, the, uh, the service before, if you ever grew up in poverty, you know about government food, right? And, and government food's funny because if you want to eat government pork, it has a pig on it. I'm like, really? You have to put a pig on it? You couldn't write pork? Right? If you want to eat government chicken, there's a chicken on the can. I was like, why do you have to shame me so bad? You, when friends would come over, I would hide all the chicken cans. Because it was a chicken on a can. Or a, or a cow on a can. I was like, really? Really? Do you want me to feel bad? I understand to grow up in poverty. 
where you just boil whatever you want to boil and hopefully it makes enough food. I understand that. I remember I had uh, pro wings. If you guys, do anyone remember pro wings? If you're in your 30s and 40s, you remember it. It's, it was like, it was the Payless brand. And Payless wasn't cool when I was a kid. And they had pro wings. And I had the ones that looked like Converse, but weren't Converse. They were pro wings, right? So I would have to rip off the, my pro wings tag because you know how shoes were cool. I didn't want anyone to see my pro wings tag. So I wore the rainbow colored pro wings that looked like Converse. And everyone knew it was the... Like it wasn't, you know, when you're not cool, you're just not cool. And I, I know I wasn't cool, right? And I just remember these moments of poverty, but I understand what it means to grow, grow up in poverty. I know what it means to go through depression. Some of you guys are facing depression today and you can't find joy in anything. You find, you feel like you're losing purpose and you're just floating and existing. I know what that feels like to go through years of depression and, and to feel like, you have nothing left. I know what it means to have a mental breakdown. <laughs> like, it, I'm telling, I'm just, I'm un unveiling my life, but I feel like if Peter can unveil his story, I can unveil his, my, my story. I know what it means when you feel like you're losing your mind. This sounds crazy for me, I know. I know what it means to sit in your room and ask someone just to stand next to you just to make sure that you don't die that night because you feel such a heaviness and you feel like you're losing your mind. I know what that means. I know what it means to be addicted when you're addicted for years to drugs and you can't get off of it and you end up moving to Colorado from Dallas because you can't get off the, the things that you thought you could control. I understand what that means where you just seek it out every single day and you try to be normal but it's not even normal at all your normal becomes crazy and your life becomes out of control I understand what that means and, and it's crazy I understand what it means to be Simon and all of us at some point of our lives feel like Simon we do I know who I am I have no right to stand before you here as the speaker of the pastor of this of this beautiful place but Jesus had another plan for my life another story a comeback story the cross isn't a sign of defeat it's an anticipation of hope I, you know what our fall isn't final our brokenness doesn't mean we're totally broke Jesus sees the end of the story and he flips the script I love saying those words he flips the script taking the worst things that happened to you and me and using it to strengthen others on the way back up when we're making a comeback he takes our abuses he takes our pains he takes our hang-ups he takes our addiction and uses it as a rock for others to climb back up you will one day in the hands of Jesus be the rock in someone's life I'm telling you give God praise I don't know if I'll change anything, man. I don't know if I would change anything in my life because I know that God used my story for someone else's story. I've helped people in addiction. I helped people in abuse. I don't know. I know you feel like it's so heavy on you, but God can flip the script on your past and you will smile. You can smile again because you know it's bringing joy and it's bringing life change to someone else. The cross flips the script. The, the, he flips the script on death and he can flip the script on your life and at this time I want they're gonna sing one more song and I want you to join with them it's called the hopes anthem
They've decided that our young people are lazy, selfish, dumb, and entitled. Statistics reflect the same tones, declaring the failures of our youth, stating that our teens are more depressed than ever, that half of all seniors in high school have abused a drug of some kind, and that our children will experience some form of pornography by the age of six or seven. More teenagers and young adults die today from suicide than from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, stroke, pneumonia, influenza, and chronic lung disease combined. Each day in our nation, there are an average of over 3,470 suicide attempts by high schoolers from freshmen to seniors. All hope is lost, says society. You're not good enough. Just give up, says social media. But I know a God who proclaims the opposite. I know a God who sent his son to abolish every setback, failure, illness, and, and to con conquer death once and for all. A God who loves our young people beyond a moment and declares them righteous and victorious for his name's sake. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.12, Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. God has chosen our young people to lead us in the way marching towards faith in Christ, and he will use them to turn upside down what the world and what society declares about them. And he, they will declare the work of the Lord instead. The Bible also says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is the plan that God has for our youth. And this is what he has spoken over them. The word hope is more important now more than ever for our upcoming leaders and world changers in this next generation. So let us rise up as parents and grandparents and leaders of these students to say there is hope in Jesus Christ for this next generation.
to see the light in the darkness that has been projected and proclaimed over marriage and families. The statistics alone are staggering in America. There is one divorce approximately every 36 seconds. 41% of first marriages will end in divorce. 60% of second marriages will end in divorce. And 73% of third marriages will end in divorce. About four out of 10 children are born to unwed mothers. And today, one in four children under the age of 18, a total of about 17.2 million are being raised without a father. Every day, society bombards us with everything but values for family. Instead, the underlying of apathy sweeps in until families are pulled apart. Mothers and fathers are left to operate as single unit pieces, struggling to find hope in places of solidarity and brokenness. But there's a father who calls the broken and fatherless to him. A father who saw the need from the beginning of time for restoration and reconciliation who sent his son whom he loved more than anything to be loved and show love to those who need a family. God loves family. He says in Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, listen my son to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. He longs for family to grow each other together and toward him. The word might say, there is no, the world might say, there is no hope for our marriages or families to succeed. But what God has joined together, no man can separate. He longs for us to know him as a father and to be a part of his family, the family of God. We stand together as family today and say, there is hope in Jesus Christ. For that which may look like an obstacle is really just proof that our God is unstoppable because Christ is our hope. I spoke life into existence from the beginning. I gave hope when life started in the womb and continued when Christ walked out of that tomb. For I hold you and I know you. Yet depression is still buried deep. There's no way out. 
a shackle for the mind and a chain for the heart for we cry out there's no hope its cruel hand keeps us down that stronghold won't let us seek or find but our hope rests in a response for Christ called you by name so walk away for your self-blame for you've tried you've walked that road filled with mountains and valleys and running towards the goal you've fallen for that law requires perfection and you've given your best but what a weight what a load you couldn't take it your try will always be denied for all your failures went with Christ to the cross for death is a destination determined by a decision but Christ answered he said I died the death you should have died I beat the grave to raise you to life for the love of God he erupted forth he rose from the dead and he speaks to us today he says I'm the resurrection and the life for before you became acquainted with pain and death before you ever tasted loneliness before disease destroyed what you possessed I was the cure for your brokenness he says I'm healing in your sickness relief in suffering do not doubt what I'm capable of trust me because I've cured the blind and the deaf I was a shelter for you in unrest breathe in and let it out for there is life in your lungs the plague is no more I died and rose again and my blood has made you righteous he says I am I am your hope Sing that. Put those words up. Yes. 
you might have a wayward son or a child, a broken marriage, lost dreams, lost identity, a bumpy past, or whatever your story, but I want you to see faces of people of actual life change. Their life has been changed by Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus represents that he can take whatever life that you put into his hands and make it beautiful. He gives beauty for ashes. Jesus makes an offer to all of us in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone would come after me, if everyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him humble themselves. Take up the cross, which means do it Jesus' way, not your way. I know we want to do it our way. He says, just trust me on this. And he says, and follow me. Let me take the lead. I love this part. For whoever wants to save their life must lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. It's all flipped. He flipped the script. Jesus says to you and me today, and this is how I see Jesus talking to me. Come at me, bro. He says, come at me. I can handle your life. I can handle your past. I can handle your problems, your fears, and your future. If you would just trust me, I would take full responsibility for your life. I would. If you would just trust me. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. See, many people have heard the wrong message of Christianity. Many religions and faith are based on people attaining their own salvation. But Jesus, what we believe, you can't do it by moral effort or religious compliance. But Christianity believes that Jesus did it all. And all we need to do is put our life into Christ's hands and we are saved. It's like getting on an airplane and trusting Him for our destination. And now I ask you to make a move with our heads bowed. We can come to service, nod our heads and listen to the message and say, that's cool, that's some Easter stuff. Or we can hear this message, humble ourselves and respond to Jesus by taking one step towards Him, by praying a prayer of faith, saying, God, I've done it my way. It's gotten me here. Help me trust you. I don't know how to do this. If you're in this room and you need to take a step, of faith and you say God I need you in my life today and I know it if that's you just raise your hands with heads bowed I want you to respond thank you thank you all over this room just raise your hands high it's okay be bold humble yourself and let God speak to you thank you you can put your hands down I'm gonna pray over you Heavenly Father I pray for every hand that was raised God I pray in the name of Jesus we humble ourselves and we say I want to do it your way I've tried it my way Jesus I believe you died on the cross and you rose again and that you want to bring resurrection new life into my life I'm gonna trust you for my story that you're gonna take responsibility for my life thank you Jesus and then for the rest of us who, who have made that commitment, I want you to come back next week allowing people to help you in your walk of faith. I know it's hard to allow people to help you. And we're not perfect. This church isn't perfect. We're all messy. We, we told you about our story. We're Peter. We're Simon. But we all need to walk this journey together. Allow people in your life. So what Jesus wants to do right now is move you from Simon to Peter. And I pray every time we remember Easter and every time this song comes on the radio, you see a face up here, we remember what Jesus has did. Heavenly Father, I pray as we end this service, Lord God, 
We thank you for what you've done on the cross. We thank you, not only the cross for our forgiveness, but the resurrected life that we can live new life, Lord God. I pray for all the Simons in the crowd who believes their story is too jacked up, too messed up for you to do something. And I pray they look at the faces right up here and know that God can change anything and everyone. I used to think there was no possibility, God, that you could change me. But I stand up here and I get the privilege of speaking to you and to tell you God can do whatever he wants if you give him access to your life. And I pray that people would make a bold move and declaration towards you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. If you need prayer, we're always up here to pray for you. But live the resurrected life. Get a hold of that and let that change you. Let, let Understand anyone's story can change in a moment in Jesus' hand. God bless you guys. Thank you guys for being here.